Hello, everybody. We got another special guest here. So, this guest, it is actually an encouragement to where 95% of people want to be right now. <laughs> Let us know what's your name. My name is Heather Markell. Heather. Huh? Okay, let, 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 let me give a little <laughs> bit of a tip to people because this is like a personal dream, okay? Anybody that, I, when I saw your the form come in, I was like, she did what? So <laughs> give me a little bit of history about that. You know, you went from a corporate world to full-time traveling. So let's start from the beginning. Talk about corporate world. You know, talk yeah. about what you did in the corporate world. Um, so I spent over 25 years working in uh, telecommunications uh, I was in, let's see, I've done everything, sales, marketing, and customer service. I started, I used to love my career. I worked for um, France Telecom and then British Telecom, and I used to like travel all the time, use my language skills, loved it. And then, uh, you know, the way the uh, joint ventures, mergers, acquisitions, all of a sudden I found myself at AT&T, which is a great company, but didn't... Um, my language skills were no longer of value and what, you know, I went from this international arena to very domestic and uh, I stuck it out because I thought, you know, we're supposed to sit at our desk and rot until we retire and then we can have fun. And, you know, I'm supposed to make lots of money. That's the point of life, make lots of money so I can have lots of things. Um, so I bought into that until, you know, a series of things happened that um, eventually led to me deciding to quit in 2017 before the great resignation. <laughs> so, you know, people think that, you know, when you're doing this, being a full-time travel coach, you coach people how to become full-time travelers. I have a travel bug. If I only travel at least twice a year, I'm <laughs> like, I was like, I get, I get like, I get antsy, you know? Yep. And that's we, we, you know, to me, it started happening, you know, because I used to, you know, fly around with, you know, different corporations, same thing as you. And I was like, you know what? I want to go travel. I want to go travel, you know? So, how, how can somebody do this? You know, how do you coach them and how do you get the whole thing involved and how did, did you start this whole business? I mean, how yeah. do you start this? Well, first off, what you said, like I was the same. I'm like, I got to travel. I got to travel. And then have you ever noticed that when you're traveling and you suddenly have to go home, you don't want to? Because <laughs> that's what I like. Every time I would go on vacation, I just never wanted to actually come home. But reluctantly, I did um, until I started realizing that, you know, oh, I actually don't have to go home. Huh. <laughs> um, so, you know, the, what I do now, because when, when I it took me years to start doing this because I looked for a mentor, somebody to help me figure out how to do this. And especially since I'm not a millennial um, and everyone I saw in social media who does this looked really young to me. I was like, oh, maybe I'm just too old to do this. Um, and, you know, when I went, it was pre great resignation. So uh, remote work wasn't a thing. People thought I was completely nuts. And Ha, huh, now it's a trend. So anyway, um, what I do with people is what the, the process I went through is the process I take my clients through. And um, I, I call it mindset, money and mastery. So we look at the mindset that stands in the way of starting to travel full time. It's all the belief systems about, you know, consumerism and having to work until you retire and having enough money and not bankrupting your future. And then money is really about how do you create the financial path to do this? Because there is there's so many ways to travel full time. Um, and 
there's no right or wrong way. So we need to find your way that you want to do this and how much that costs um, and how to get the money to do it. And then the mastery is all the logistics and planning. So, you know, what should you do with your home and your stuff? And, you know, do you need visas and vaccinations and all that stuff that you worry about that you have to take on your passport? Like, you know, all that stuff that you need to get taken care of before you go. So I saw you've been to, let's see, according to this, 33 countries and six continents. Yep. What is, you know, when you travel that much and, you know, I love the fact that when I travel, I get to see a different sunrise or somewhere, sunset from different somewhere, you know, it's totally like, it's like been painted in front of you. It's like a canvas. If you had that perfect country you've been to, or even a state or a city or something, you know, that made you like that most impact inside you that you, they just took a deep breath and says, wow, this is, this is what I'm really doing. Which was that location? Well, <laughs> um, there's so, there's more than one. I mean, I think when I, so I, started in Costa Rica and I remember being online for immigration and it was the first time I felt like my heart leapt out of my chest and like I heard my heart say thank you so much for doing this. Um, so there's a lot that happened in Costa Rica that I think um, just as a transition was really meaningful to me but you know being the a couple of the continents that really wowed me and the thing about the awesomeness of full-time travel is that I've only been to 33 countries because I get to slow travel. I don't have to like run around in a week and see all the sites. I can live there for three months. I lived in Argentina for four months, but like, you know, um, the South America and I'm thinking like Colombia, Rio, Argentina, um, I was flabbergasted at the colors and the, the sensory experience. And it's sort of like, sort of dirty but colorful and wonderful people and there's all these things going on and um and then uh africa because it's these are places that i would never have gone on vacation because a week or two it just seems too far to fly um that far and africa like when i when i was in cape town i remember i was like i've i've never been here but i feel like i just came home and such a beautiful experience <laughs> man that, that could just imagine you know waking up and just okay well you know i'm here i'm going to do a safari today you know that that's that's a i think people should understand that traveling is not just okay well let's go spend a week you know when you spend a bit longer though you get to understand the culture you get to see all uh, different humanities you know how how human the world is really is you know yes um, what you know you say you talk about when you're traveling you know you say some people want to travel to, you say South America, and they speak Spanish there. And you you speak different languages from what you said earlier. Yeah. But to say somebody that never speaks Spanish, do you, do you tell them, hey, listen, we got to get you into some type of Spanish program? Or how, how do you work with on, on a client that does not speak that native language or, you know, they will go to the city or go to this country? How would you work with them on that? Well, I mean, I speak six languages, but there's obviously a lot more than that. So I've been many places where I don't speak the language. And... I'm conditioned I to learn all the languages I've learned. I really, um, I'm lucky that I've been adapted to throw, being thrown to the wolves, so to speak, and just figure it out. <laughs> so I don't worry about going. Like I, I always, before I go anywhere, and this is what I would tell clients is, you know, look up. Um, how do you say, please, thank you. Where's the bathroom? If you have any allergies, 
Um, and if you need to make index cards and laminate them so you can carry those specific phrases around because, you know, it's Google Translate is great. But if you only have Wi-Fi and you're not in Wi-Fi and you need to know those phrases, it's better to have them written down. So and then, you know, what? Uh, sign language is great. I went to um, a teeny tiny like this town in in Thailand um, where I took a bus it was pouring rain when, when I arrived. The bus stop was basically in front of a little, like a bodega kind of shop, um, but it wasn't even opened. And there was me and one lady on the bus. We get off. She offers, she hands her umbrella out to me. And luckily I had an umbrella. So I, you know, I was like, thank you. It's okay. And then she pointed at me and she put her hands, um, like in a prayer position and then next to her head and she leaned her head over and and pointed at me and and she I understood am, am I looking for somewhere to sleep and I said yes yes like nodding my head and she pointed you know and so really um people are kind maybe not you know I'm not going to say everyone's kind but I found that most people are kind and they want to be helpful and somehow you work it out because when someone wants to help you, they they make the effort. Awesome. That that is that is so true. You know, no matter lang universal languages, you know, simple sign language or stuff like that. So okay, here let, let, let's get into the the, the whole traveling because a lot of people pack. You know, you go to leave for three or four months, okay? And yeah. this, this is, you know, and I see this. You know, I've been to cruises, and I tell you. You know, I see people, you know, I see they're all excited with the two little suitcases when they get on board and then they don't know they have to have five suitcases walking off the ship. Yeah. So you're traveling to countries, spending three or four months there. Yeah. So how, how, how do you, your luggage, tell me about your luggage situation. <laughs> because, yeah. You know, it's expensive for luggage, you know, put it on planes and all that. So explain that part. It is very, um, very expensive um, to check bags and yeah. So it took some effort because I'm the person that used to, in my working days, fly to Paris for the weekend with an empty suitcase and overfill it and pay luggage, you know, weight fees. And so um, I have learned to, uh, I, I have a carry-on sized roller bag and a smaller pack on my back. Um, because I think the first thing you need to do when you travel full time is, uh, figure out the luggage first, because that really cuts out. Then you understand that you can't bring a lot. And, um, I, it's obviously it's preferable not to check a bag. Um, larger bags also can make you a target for theft. So, um, I am not a glamorous traveler, so I will wear the same shirt two days in a row unless I'm sweating disgustingly, um, which means I get to pack less. You want to pack as little as possible. And if you're like me and you're working and traveling, um, and I get paid for photographs as well. So I bring a laptop and I have a camera and some lenses and, you know, toiletries, right? Just right there. It's my bag's too heavy. But obviously, I need to bring some clothes. <laughs> so, uh, so I've learned to. Um, I have my space, and when I'm getting ready to travel, I kind of lay stuff out. And there's like there's three piles. There's the um, absolutely has to come with me. There's the I'm not sure pile, and then there's the like I'm less sure pile. You know, pile. And the that final pile usually just gets just stays. And then the I'm not sure pile. I like it's all about how 
clunky is this? How much does it weigh? Do I really need it? Could I pick this up at a thrift shop and donate it back? Um, so, you know, it's really about bringing as little as possible. And honestly, what do you need? You need some underwear, you need some shirts, um, you know, you might need, uh, socks for your shoes, um, and also limit shoes to two, maximum three pairs. Um, so it's really about getting really efficient and minimizing. And, and anyway, I always find no matter how little I pack, I always pack too much. And that's why I'm grateful for thrift shops and wonderful people I meet who I'm like, here, this is too heavy. Want it? Like I made a friend in, um, in Costa Rica at the very first place I stayed because I had bought one of those you at those hubs that's like a charging hub and they're great because like if you don't have access to a plug you can like power up all your devices that thing was so damn heavy i just hated it and i like gave it to this guy and we're still friends to this day because he was so grateful that i gave it to him yeah I, yeah packing light and yeah it's, it's not easy it's not easy no nope. um, food wise you know because you're gonna go you know eating what you're used to here you know and when you travel you have different cultures you're going to experience Food-wise, when you travel, for example, to Japan or Tokyo or you know, or any of the other countries, what is the most shocking thing that you experience when it comes to food-wise? Different. <laughs> See, I got the I got the hard questions because no, no, this is very easy. This is very easy. Okay, first of all, the most shocking food I seriously ever saw was in uh, Cambodia. Um, I think it was in. No, wait. No, I think it was either Cambodia or Thailand, but I'm pretty sure it was Cambodia where they, in Phnom Penh where they had like snakes, scorpions and insects on a stick with like this hard gelatinous thing around them. And there were just, I took a picture, it was like piles. Of, it was disgusting. I'm like that, I just couldn't. Like I'm pretty food adventurous, but I'm like, no, I just, I just can't. I just can't eat that. Um, but I did in Thailand, I had silkworms, which were delicious. I have a video of me and I also ate crickets. Um, and I actually liked the crickets so much that when I came back to America, I actually had been to a couple Mexican places and ordered crickets. <laughs> so... <laughs> I'm like, going, I'm here in my chair going, ooh, okay. But, but so to be fair, I lived with a French host family um, when I was a teenager who also got me used to eating weird stuff. And my host brother, had a farm at the time and he had sheep and he came back one day with sheep's brains and he was eating them. And I'm just like, that is so disgusting. I can't believe you're eating that. And then I realized I'm like, well, I guess technically I can't really, I don't have the right to say that because I haven't tried them. So I tried them and then I'm like, okay, yep. They're disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. I was like, yeah, I, I, um, I, I was like, when I travel, like, yo, what, what you got there? You know, now we have like, um, we see like sodas and all that around, you know, every country, you know, and everybody has their famous drinks. What is a one to go to drink? The reason I ask is because, you know, everybody has a special drink that they like when they travel, you know, you have a soda, yeah. water, whatever the case is. What's your favorite go-to drink when you travel? Usually I'm going to drink water. And a lot of times, unfortunately, it's bottled water because depending where you are, you can't, um, you can't always drink from the tap. Uh, I have I have to say, like, there are some countries where they have these, like, fruit smoothies that are just so good because they're, like, local fruit that you can't find in other places and they don't mix lots of garbage in them. Um, so so I'd say my go-to drink when possible would be an amazing mix of, like, like a fruit cocktail without I, – I don't – I don't drink a lot when I travel because especially as a female solo traveler, um, it's I just find it's better not to be out 
getting alcoholic beverages everywhere I go. <laughs> and it's cheaper without the alcohol too. <laughs> that, hey, that's true. That's true. Now, okay, so you're a female, like I said, you're a single female uh, traveler. You're going yep. worldwide. You're going to some places you've never been to sometimes. You do your research on it. Always, you, have, yep. you, you always tell somebody where you're going. Do you have like an air tag? Do you give people, hey, this is my fault. This is my, yeah, I got GPS in my bag. What happens to me? You have someone that you always, you know, because when you travel alone, like I said, you walk with a backpack and a little suitcase and you might be in some of the remote places in the world, you know, and do you let know some of your family members, you know, do you have something like a little GPS on you in a way? <laughs> so, yeah. You know. Um, so I tell, um, I usually, you know, I'll tell my family and then, um, I, I love finding like a travel buddy, meaning not that we're traveling together, which would be fun, but usually it's someone I meet somewhere who's also solo and we keep each other apprised during the way because the, the the challenge with me keeping people informed is I don't know where I'm going. So I might land in one place and if I, so the luxury I have is I, if I don't like it, I just leave. Um, and if I do like it, I'll stay longer and I might stay in one place for a while and then decide I want to move to another city. Like I, I haven't pre-planned the whole thing. So it's, I can't give someone an itinerary in advance because I, I just don't know it till I get there. Okay, so in the states, let's go back. To, let's come back into the U.S. So you've been all over outside the U.S. That's in the U.S. Which is your favorite state of the U.S.? Well, funnily enough, um, I have not traveled my own country a lot, but but I did really love. Um, I mean, I'm from New York City, so obviously, you know, this is this is a great place. Uh, but um, Arizona and California, and especially like Sedona, Arizona, is one of my favorite places. So beautiful and like spiritual and amazing place um san francisco another place i really really enjoy um so yeah probably those two okay what's the easiest part of being a travel coach the easiest part well i'm doing what i'm teaching and i love it so you know just just being able to share my joy is wonderful and then the hardest part of being about a travel coach um sometimes i think you get like people that look at our lifestyle as a traveler and a travel coach, what am I doing? Like, Oh, you're just like on some extended vacation and you much must be really wealthy. And, and it, you know, I used to get hurt by those comments and now I'm just like, it's, I actually think one, it's funny because I'm telling you, I've shared rooms with roaches, frogs, lizards, like, like if you saw how I'm living, you'd understand, <laughs> like, it's not about wealth. Um, and I also feel badly when people say that. So it's hard to hear people talk about this lifestyle as if it's not for everyone, because it, it is, it's, it's, now I say that obviously understanding people have different amounts of money. So no, not everyone can travel the same way, but it is a possibility that like every single person could find a way to within their budget, make it happen. All right. So here's then the flight, the best time to buy flights. That's a, you know, <laughs> you well, know, that's a hard one. So yes, it is a hard one. And that's why actually I recommend um, having uh, loyalty with an airline that has partners where you want to travel. Cause I basically just use points and I, um, and so I flew to Paris last year for $5. I flew to New Zealand when I, before getting marooned there for two years for the pandemic, I flew to New Zealand for like 40,000 points and 25 US dollars. So, you know, <laughs> so it's like when you use points, it's usually like, I'm, I'm not sure where I'm going. I got to get, I got to get going somewhere in like a couple of weeks, but I was looking on the, you know, online. I'm like, there's stuff available and, you know, 
um, within a point range I can I can do. So it's all good. I mean, ideally you wanted you want to book somewhat ahead of time because the last minute prices are higher. And also, um, I think what the bigger than the when is making sure to use an incognito window when you're researching, because we know that um, if you just use the regular internet window, um, you're gonna, when you come back to check the prices an hour or a day later, the prices go up. But in an incognito window, they can't take your cookies and all that stuff. So you won't have that problem. <laughs> so you're a techie coach. I love that. You're a techie travel <laughs> coach. You know, I like that. I like that. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm the same way as you. Thank you for saying the word incognito because people are like, oh, no. It's like, listen, you don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> you, made you made my day. All right. So here's here's another one. Um, What is, you know, you've traveled. How, you've been traveling for many years now. Have you ever been, had one person along your travels that made such an impact on you that you like wow i'm so lucky and that i you know i'm grateful for what i'm doing and who i am but that one person they they came up to you or impacted you in a way that you just like it might like it made you say wow i'm so lucky well i feel like i've probably met a lot of people that made me feel that way um i so one thing that comes to mind is um, I have met what I call a lot of guardian angels on my travels, um, always in pairs, which is interesting. Um, and I met this beautiful couple. I took a train from Johannesburg to Cape Town, South Africa, which was in itself a cultural and like it was a whole experience of, of the culture as well as the journey because it should have taken roughly like roughly a day. And I think it took two days because like while we were in, in transit, somebody stole part of the track off the track and they weren't sure they were going to be able to fix it in time. And there was buses. There was like all, I mean, it was crazy, just crazy. And we were like running out of food. <laughs> it was like, um, so this couple, um, I don't know, I befriended them. They were from Pretoria, South Africa. They were in um, a compartment, like a couple down from me. And they just took care of me. I don't even know why. They were just lovely. And and when I say take care of me, they they um they were lovely. And and a lot of the announcements when things started getting crazy were in Afrikaans. And so I'm like, I speak German, but I don't speak Afrikaans. And so I was like, what are they saying? So they would translate. And we ended up instead of arriving into Cape Town at like, I think it was supposed to be sometime mid-afternoon. We got in at um, one or two in the morning, and oh, wow. you do not go out alone at in two in the morning in Cape Town. So they could have gone home. They had an apartment like not far from the train station. Um, we were told to sleep in the stay in our cabin until morning, um, and they stayed in their cabin just so they could make sure that I was safe. That if I needed anything, they were right down the hall. And they walked me to my Uber the next morning and made sure I got home safely. That was like, I've had many experiences like that where someone just shows up. Um, I, yeah. So that, that kind of experience really profoundly touches me and makes me feel like, like I even had a, I was in um, a small town in the Balkans um, this summer when I had a bad experience where um, I just, I suddenly realized I was, 
like walking along the waterfront and like I was the only not only the only woman I could see in the area, but there was like hardly anyone else there. And it just was like all of a sudden I was like, oh, I better turn back. And so I start turning back and this guy on a bike came over and like making a longer story short, he like grabbed my arm and he wanted to have sex with me. And I was like, no. And, you know, I had to rip my hand out of his, you know, my arm out of his hand. And, and I was like very uncomfortable and disturbed by it. And like, wouldn't you know it, like, Sometime later, I just went walking in the street and these two little girls um, came up to me and they insisted that I take a picture of them um, with my cell phone. And so I, they were adorable. So I did and we played, you know, and then I walked off somewhere and I walked back and they were there again, the two little girls. And now they wanted me to take a picture of them with my camera, you know, and they were just huh. so sweet. And I was like, oh my God, it feels like guardian angels again, kind of saying, let that go. Let's it's not, it's okay. You're okay. And like be playful and reconnect to your joy. And like, and it was, you know, so those are the kinds of experiences to me that make me feel really lucky. Now, I know that, you know, talking about what just happened, the experience you had, you know, um, can you anytime take anything with you? Like, you know, pepper spray or anything that you can't, you know, some countries don't allow it, right? But when you get, you know, how's, how's that go? Like, you know, are you allowed to? Because I know some countries, are, you could or cannot. You know, they don't want you bringing weapons in. I know that, you know, and all that stuff. But is there something that you could take with you to protect you sometimes or no? So um, I don't bring any of that. Um, I bring, so there's two things. I mean, I bring like a, um, I have a device that you charge. And if you turn it, it emits a really awful high pitch noise. And it can be a strobe light, um, which I've thankfully never had to use. Um, and I also have like um like a door wedge and then a door alarm thing. Um, but I also, you know, I I kind of go in with the mindset that I'm gonna be okay because I think we attract what what we think about. And so I just, you know, go in with the expectation that I'm gonna follow my intuition, I'm gonna be okay, and um, people will be nice to me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree. It's just you have one person that's like the bad apple, you know, making that happen. Now, here's a, here's another cool one. Um, has you have you ever brought something back, like you know, a, 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 like a piece of art or something? You know, when you come back home, you know, um, do you do you have a lot of pieces from everywhere you traveled, or do you just have something just one little piece that you you taught yourself not to bring all the stuff back with you? You know, like the tour stuff. But there's always something that captures us when we travel. Something like something that talks to us. You know, we find a little, you know, a little glass. Yeah, figurine. You know. So when you come back, do you get caught in that, or do you just try to avoid those areas and then just okay, well, no tourist areas. I'm gonna go off scene. And but do you bring a lot of stuff back with you in your suitcases, like little stuff or big stuff? You know. So I don't have room um, to carry much, um, so which is good because otherwise I probably would bring back more. Um, weirdly, like it's funny, I have all of these like small sort of stuffed animals. I love animals. So like I always like these weird animals that you see in other places. I have these like this little collection of <laughs> stuff like that. I mean, Africa was just so fascinating with um, the um some of the handmade crafts so i got like the the wood salad tongs and a couple of little bowls i'd say what i do most is i have like an armful of bracelets from all over the world i've actually had to take a lot off because there's like so many um and i also have gotten necklaces so the jewelry is i can wear it i don't have to carry it um and it 
definitely reminds me of all of my travels. So, um, and it's, yeah, so that's mostly what I take. Okay, so. And pictures, of course. Pictures, a lot of photos, a yeah. Lot. Okay, okay, here's, here's from photographer, <laughs> photographer, what is your favorite camera? What's your camera that you're using? Oh, man. Well, I have to be honest. I mean, DSLRs are like really good. I have a Nikon that like is great, but it's just way too heavy. So price-wise and the pictures, they're decent. Um, Sony Alpha mirrorless. So I started with an Alpha 6000 and I now have an Alpha 6400. I know the 7 series is like, again, it's much better quality because it's like a DSLR, but then the lenses are heavier too. And I, I'm like all about the weight and it's so nice to have a mirrorless camera with light lenses. Yeah, I, I feel you. I, I, I use Canon Nikon and all these cameras and I feel you. The little one, believe it or not, sometimes because I work with the press and sometimes I'm out and about, I take a Samsung Ultra 22 phone okay, uh -huh. in yep. my back pocket. And yep. I 108 megapixels. I hate to say this, but sometimes when you want that macro shot, yeah, that phone. And I hate to say that. I mean, if I'm a professional photographer. Yeah. For some reason, there's times that you can't take a camera because you don't feel safe. So you take your phone, yep. and, you know. So I started traveling with my iPhone back in, you know, 2018, whatever, whatever version I had. Um, and I spent the time just using that. And then I got frustrated because I wanted better pictures. So I got a Canon, um, forget the name of it. It was a, it was a point and shoot, like a little square. You could fit it in your pocket. Loved how tiny that thing was. And, but the thing is it took actually decent pictures, but not that much better than my iPhone. And I wanted more versatility. I'm like, what the zoom isn't enough that, you know, so then I moved into the, the alpha series and, um, you know, <laughs> so. Do you have do you have one photo that's that you because I have a photo of my favorite photo I always have it you know in my office behind me, but if you have one photo that you obviously you look at it then do you have one of that photos or you have or you have like millions and millions of photos? I have millions. Yeah, I mean there's a, there's just so many like there's landscapes and animals that just capture my heart. So like going through my pictures and remembering like those amazing views or. You know, I was in Easter Island and, um, you know, these places, just the connection to place and the sense memory. Um, it, it's in so many of my pictures. All right. One last question. Let's go back into the coaching. Uh -oh. No, no, I want you to do a couple more. We got two more questions. Got a little <laughs> more. I'm, like, I'm enjoying this conversation. I'm like, you know, because you can share with photography. We got, you know, that's, that's yep. the same side. Love it. You can talk about this forever because, you know, yes. people don't understand. Traveling is so amazing and beautiful. And like I said, you don't have to spend, you know, 20 grand to go somewhere, you know, yeah. and that's a misconception people, but that, what is the biggest myth people about traveling have? The biggest about myth. Traveling life? Oh, just, just travel, just travel. People say, I want to travel. What is the biggest myth that you hear that it's like, no, you know, tell me the biggest myth that you think. I think, well, I mean, one thing that shocked the heck out of me was that, um, full-time travel is just unaffordable. And um, I had no idea till I started doing this. It's cheaper to travel full-time than it is to live fix a fixed life in one place. And I remember when I got marooned in New Zealand, you know, and I'm used to like, okay, I've got my, I'm in my budget, I got all this stuff, but oh my God, I have to buy a jar of olive oil. I need a jar of shampoo. Like 
like, you know, you don't think about it, but all of these things that you buy, like, you know, tongs for the, for cooking and a spatula, like, like that all adds up. And when you travel, you just don't need all of that stuff. So um, I think that was a big myth. And the other thing is, um, which is interesting, look, um, you know, there are dangers in the world and there are safeties in the world, but um, the, 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 I think another myth is just that like, it's too dangerous um, because, you know, when I was marooned in New Zealand, I was on the outside looking into America and my mom, my poor mom is like, Joel, I'm so worried about you going here, going, you know, all this stuff. And um, so, you know, the news headlines that I was reading was like every day was like a random gun shooting. And, you know, I can't really think of any other country I've been to that has the random gun shootings like America does. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, if you're going to tell me that it's too dangerous to travel, I'm going to be like, well, I would say it's too dangerous to come to America if I were outside of America. So I think that's a myth. And, and um, when you travel, you really get to, as you meet local people in each culture, you get to see that the government of a country is so very different than the people of a country. Um, and there are beautiful people in every country out there. Okay. What is your ultimate dream place to go that you haven't gone yet? <laughs> oh gosh. Um, oh, that's such a great question. Um, I, it's funny. I don't have a bucket list. Um, I, um, I do, I do actually want to go and do a gorilla trek. Um, so, and I was scheduled to do that in, um, 2020. Oops. <laughs> um, and I would say like places on my list right now are like Bali. And I think this year I'm going to reunion Island where I have a friend that I, I used to work in France and I met her there years ago. So I think I might be going to visit her, um, later this year. So those are a couple places and Madagascar is right there. So I'll probably go there too. <laughs> You'll be all like, yeah, beautiful. Oh man. I can just imagine like seeing some of these places you know uh, I'm, a, i'm a waters person i love the water so mm. i love to see the oceans and the beautiful blues and yes you know my ultimate goal is to go and uh do shark diving with gray whites oh wow in a <laughs> cage. A that's yep. a cage the cage diving to get photos of uh gray whites that's my yep. ultimate goal all right so if somebody's doing this okay you're a full-time coach you know if somebody comes hey i want to do what you're doing You yep. know, what's the one tip you could give them in in helping them if you want, you know, hey, I want to do this. What's the one tip from you from a coach to be somebody becoming a coach, from coach to coach, you know, not yeah. from a coach to a person, but coach to coach? Um, I feel like just do it. I mean, um, I think a lot of this is if you're if your heart is calling you to do this, um, then then go for it because um, I, I don't know. I mean, we talk about um, dangers and stuff in the world. I mean, the world is getting really weird, right? And prices are going up. And I mean, gosh, when I, when I was stuck in the pandemic in New Zealand, I was like, thank God. I spent all this time worried about quitting my job and traveling. Thank God I did it when I did it. Because if I hadn't have, um, I might never have been able to, who knows? So um, I, I feel like when you're when you're strongly pulled in a direction and if it is the full time travel, um, go for it. Just just trust in yourself that you will find a way you will make it work. And 
even if you go for a while and you decide, oh, it's, it, you know, it's not quite what I thought or I'm done, whatever, at least you've done it. Like you can look back and be really happy. Oh, that's good. All right. How can we follow you? Give us a website because, you know, there's probably a lot of a lot of listeners who say, hey, I like what she's doing. I want to travel. I want to break away. What is your website? Yeah. So um, the main website is fulltimetravelcoach.com. And if you want to set up, I offer a free um, travel chat um, at fulltimetravelchat.com if you want to talk about how to make full-time travel possible for you. Okay. And photos. Do you have photos or you have a, a social media? We can see some of your photos. We can follow you besides yeah. your website. So um, you have, so how can we follow you? Well, I'm on YouTube um, at youtube.com forward slash Heather Markell. Um, and I have, I'm, it takes me a while to put all the stuff together, but I've got lots of videos about traveling full time as well as places I've been and um, Instagram, which is also my name. Um, I have, I'm also way behind in pictures, but I have a lot of pictures there of my travels. All right. Awesome. Heather, it's been an honor having you here today. I mean, I could go on for hours talking to you about this subject because like I say, it's a great subject and people could do this all, you know, like I say, anybody could do this. Just got to yep. put your mind to it. And then you being a coach and the fact that you're not a 20 year old in the van and you're actually <laughs> doing this, you're actually yep. living life. I love it. I love it. I love it. You know? So Ms. Heather, thank you for being here so uh, today and uh, we'll hope to follow along your journeys. We'll catch up with you again. Thank you so much for having me. This has been absolutely wonderful.